Welcome to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World. Two film buff friends decide to spend their remaining days creating and watching the ultimate movie bucket list. A podcast filled with film discussions, movie reviews, and a healthy dose of juicy celebrity gossip. Cinephiles unite. We're going to need each other. Let there be life. Interesting, because I assumed you would have started with baby. <laughs> no, I didn't. I don't want to start with baby. <laughs> One, I hate when people call their significant others baby. Yeah, I generally do too. I think it's dumb, but it's gross. <laughs> in the confines of the movie, it really works. Yeah. But anyways, I'm a little disappointed. But I, I went a cool route. You did, interestingly. <laughs> Yeah, I went biblical. Well, yeah, there you go. That's the theme of today. <laughs> well, no. The theme. The Bible. The Bible. By a Muslim and a Hindu. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's exactly what today's episode is going to be like. Uh, yeah. How's it going, Mita? I am living and <sighs> breathing. Good. Good to hear. Maybe we should start every episode with like a... Oh, God, like a, no. Oh. My therapist makes me do a minute of breathing and I'm always just like, all right. Can this minute be over? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> what a nice thing for them to do, though. You know, it is. Whatever. Take a beat. Take a Everybody, beat. Everybody, pull over your cars. Take a beat. We're fine. And breathe. Mita, you saw yes. The Guilty. I watched The Guilty. So, um, well, to segue into our next segment, which is Mita at the movies. This is not a segment. I did not. Don't turn this into a segment. This is a segment. No. It's small talk, yeah. where we talk about the movies we may have seen in this time period. Okay. Um, well, I did not go to the theater to see this, because I don't... Is it available in the I don't theater? think so. I thought it was. I think is maybe it? in the U.S. and maybe. some small theaters, yeah. it's available. But I watched the new Jake Gyllenhaal, or as my dad called him, Jack Gyllenhaal, because <laughs> he couldn't... <laughs> Sounds he didn't exactly know it like was. how a brown uncle would say that name. Jack Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. Movie. Yep. The Guilty... Okay. Which premiered on Netflix this weekend. And, um... What are the... It's interesting. The brief <laughs> thoughts, because it's very new. It's very new. Yeah. It's fresh. Today is October to 4th. It. This came out October 1st. My thoughts are, this movie works well in terms of it being on Netflix. Like, it fits those parameters ah. of, like, what I would like from a from Netflix, a Netflix movie. movie. Okay. But if I were to go to the theaters and watch this, this is not a great movie. Interesting. Mm-hmm. That's hard. It's I hard to review about this without giving like context, it. right? Because like, yeah, it's directed by Antoine Fourqua. Yes, it is. I don't know what that and means it, though, because he's not like he's had one really great movie. <laughs> yeah, and he's had like a couple of like interesting films, like nothing spectacular, nothing where I'm just like blown away by. I'm looking through and his IMDb right now, and I'm just like, eh. and even his uh, big right? movie, Training Day. I'm not a fan of Training Day, right? And but the interesting thing I was intrigued by when I decided to watch this movie is that it was filmed during COVID, mm-hmm. and they had to like Antoine Fuqua had come in close contact with somebody who was diagnosed with COVID nineteen, oh. and so throughout the shooting, they actually had to set up like a van outside of the studio with all the monitors set up and so he would watch oh, video them. village was outside yeah it oh. was in a van wow. and then he literally if he had feedback for jake gyllenhaal he would come out of the van and jake gyllenhaal would be on the roof of the studio 
looking down at him and he would be on the ground and just like yelling the stuff <laughs> that he wanted him to do. I mean, they found a way to do um, it. Right. And I, I thought that was really cool. And then I also I found it interesting that this movie is essentially just Jake Gyllenhaal. Like there are some supporting yeah. characters surrounding him, but everybody that he's essentially acting with are voices. Mm-hmm. And so I thought it would be really neat to see that. And it plays well on TV. Like when I'm watching it on a TV yeah. at home in my own house, I'm like, oh, okay, like I could continue watching this. But if I saw this in a movie theater, the whole time I kept thinking, if I was in a theater right now, I would be so bored. Does it feel too pandemic-y? Like, does it feel like a movie that was made because of the restrictions of a pandemic? No, no because they don't, the, the pandemic isn't addressed in okay. the movie. It's not like part of it. The California wildfires are, which I thought was interesting, but that that's not a part of the movie itself. It's hard to explain this without like spoiling. But anything. I mean, more in terms of they made this movie because now is the perfect time to do it. Yeah, like they those were the restrictions. Like it's about a man on a dispatch, so it's easy to make this movie without a large cast and have it be in a single location. You know what I mean? There's many things that align to like make it work for the situation. Whereas would this have been made if it weren't, if a pandemic hadn't just happened? Well, if this had been made, like let's say five years ago when we didn't, haven't just spent the last like two years of our lives stuck at home all the time, only with ourselves, then I might actually like this a lot more because it's such a like, it's oh, a I new see. concept. Yes. Okay. Right? But now like I I I live this every day. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm talking to you via FaceTime yeah. right now. This is just the new normal for everybody. So I don't think it has that same punch that it necessarily would have hit come out like previously. Mm-hmm. Which it is based on it's based on a foreign film, but I'm not remembering the country right now. Okay. And apparently the foreign film is a lot better. Usually the case. So, yeah. But um Jack Gillinan or whatever yeah. my dad said. <laughs> I mean, go watch it because it's on Netflix and you can. Yeah. But if it was in a movie theater, I'd say you can skip it. Okay. Yeah. Well, that's good. Nadim? Yes, Mita. Did you watch any movies this weekend or did you watch any TV? Like you asked me to on our our Instagram. I watched Freaky last night. (gasps) Yeah. (laughs) I got really excited. (laughs) So Freaky is directed by, what's his name? Jonathan... Christopher Landon. Christopher Landon. Jonathan Taylor Thomas. (laughs) So Christopher Landon, who directed one of my, like, sleeper favorite films, I'd say. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. love it. I really don't love it. But, like, I really have a soft spot for Happy Death Day. Yeah. And to a lesser degree, Happy Death Day to you was directed by him. And it was exactly in the same vein. It was, like, funny and entertaining. Had a few fun scares, some good violence. Mm -hmm. Like, it was... He, I really like what he's doing. He's taking these like really common, obvious concepts and just making a horror twist to them, and it's very clever. Like the well, freak- it's taking these like movies we love, yeah. like Groundhog Day and Freaky, Freaky Friday, Friday yeah. and making them into fun horror yeah. movies, which is just like so nice. It's so nice, <laughs> and I think it's so entertaining. Like, I think this will segue nicely into like our discussion about the movies because I think this like comedy horrors that come out i think there's another one there's another one that i'm thinking of about i think it's called truth or dare the one with yeah, samira I wiley seen truth or dare 
Oh, Ready or Not. Ready or Not. I quite like mm. Ready or Not. I really like really Ready like or Ready Not. Really like Ready or Not. And they yeah. all kind of fall into the same category. Ready or Not is a little bit more horror than comedy, whereas like Freaky and Happy Death Day, I think a little bit more comedy than horror. Mm-hmm. But they are very entertaining films. And again, they yeah. take these very simplistic ideas and just like really focus on them and make them really nice. And then you have all the like, the conjurings of the world. And I saw... All these, like, multiple... Oh, God. And I saw, like, a poster for... I think they're making, like, The Nun with that, like, that nun villain. It's just... It's so many options. <laughs> and it's just so... I just... I don't even know what to call it. I just think it's so dumb. And I think it's... It's so uncreative. And it just makes me roll mm-hmm. my eyes anytime I see it. Whereas something like Freaky... I was, like, tired. And it's not an amazing film. Don't get me wrong. It's not, like, winning Academy Awards or going on people's favorite lists. But, like... You're so impressed by the ingenuity, the whole film. Right? It's just very... There's good performances in it, too. Honestly, really... Vince Vaughn has not been that good in a long time. In a long time. Yeah. It's very surprising. But even Catherine Newton as, yes. like, a 40-year-old serial killer is very impressive. And, like, he manages to get that out of all the people that he's been working with so far. So. Yeah, and he casts very well. And he, I think yeah. he's, he's a fun director. And, like, I will actively mm-hmm. look forward to his next films. There we go. I'm glad that you liked it. Yeah, I'm, I was worried. I, I, I was kind like, of ex- what if he doesn't like it. If, if I'm being honest, I kind of expected to like it. Like when I knew yeah. it was Christopher Landon, and when I knew, like when I knew the premise, I was just like, "Oh, this isn't going to be bad." Mm-hmm. Like it, it felt it's, really it's going to be fun at the very least. Like it, instantly, you're like, the like when you're pitching this to a studio, you're like think Freaky Friday, but a horror movie, and you're kind of mm-hmm. like, "Oh, of course, exactly, of course." Why wouldn't because it is a horror? This? Yeah. <laughs> Why wouldn't you do this? So it was good. I also saw a Bollywood movie, which I haven't what done movie? in a while. It's called Mimi. It's on Netflix. I've heard of Mimi. It's on Netflix. It's yeah. very cute. Very, okay. very cute. So it's about I this. I should watch it? Yeah, I think you'll actually enjoy it. It's about this village dancer who becomes a surrogate for an American couple. And it's very cute and very well written. And it, it has its kind of like heartwarming moments. It's never really cheesy. It's nice. I liked it. Is there a white woman in this who speaks, like, perfect Hindi? She speaks very accented Hindi. Okay. Because yeah. I feel like I interrupted my dad while he was watching it. <laughs> yeah, you might <laughs> have. I was like, what is it? It's very cute. It's very nice. It's okay. well-written. It's well, very well-acted. It's it's mm-hmm. it's a nice... And it's, like, two hours and ten minutes, Mita. Mimi! Yeah, Mimi. Okay. But, Mita, so I think it's time for yeah. something else that starts with um. Oh. Oh. Mother. No. It's... Mother! <laughs> oh, right. Sorry, there's an exclamation point. There is an exclamation point. Mother! So this week, we watched my second spooky season film, Darren mm-hmm. Aronofsky's Mother with an exclamation point. Oh. No. <laughs> so many ways to say it. Yep. Mita, do you want to give us a quick IMDb discro? Discro. Yep. Uh, oui, oui. Okay. So the IMDb discro for Mother! <laughs> A couple's relationship is tested when uninvited guests arrive at their home, disrupting their tranquil existence. Oh my god, that's like the worst. (laughs) It's so it's it's like the general of general. Scratch the surface, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) of what you're watching. You're kind of like, yeah, this is technically what this movie is about. Yeah, but it's not. It's not not at at all. Okay, before I get into all of that. Nadim, why did you choose Mother for me? Or did you choose it? I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a couple of reasons. First of all, this was on Mita's list last year. 
And we mm-hmm. talked about it and we pulled it off to put The Exorcist on. In retrospect, if I had known we were doing this season, I wouldn't have. Because I would have put The Exorcist on my list then for you to watch. Because oh, you, you know what I mean? And then you, I just would have been like, yeah. well, you watch Mother this year and then next year we'll watch The Exorcist. But well, we, didn't know. we didn't know what was happening and you hadn't seen The Exorcist. And I was like, oh, you gotta see The Exorcist. So that's why that happened. Mother is an interesting little film. And mm-hmm. I think it's a great choice for this this season of spooky season because I think we're really trying to dissect what constitutes horror and like where what fits in it and all of that and we're watching all these kind yeah. of like different kind of horror films because last year we watched really conventional horror films if you think about we it we watched yeah. the classic of classics with the exorcist we watched the yeah. original slasher movie with the Texas Chainsaw Massacre the original occult movie with Suspiria and then garbage with Poltergeist The original, like, (laughs) 80s pop horror with Poltergeist. Don't call it garbage. It has its place in the world. It does. It's a curse. I'm joking. (laughs) But we did watch very, like, like a choice selection of very solid films. And this year, I think we're kind of veering onto something different. So I think, in retrospect, Mother does make good sense. Do I think Mother is a movie to watch before the end of the world? Yes. But not a horror movie to watch before the end of the world. I think okay. Mother is a fascinating film and there's a lot to say about it and it's a viewing experience, but is it a great horror film? I guess let's well, discuss. That, yeah, because that, I'll, I'll just start it right off. Yeah. That literally was the first note that I made. Like, was this not marketed as a horror film? Like, why did I think that it was? Okay. Why was I so gung-ho last year? I was like, I really want to watch Mother... I've heard it's a horror movie. I really want to watch it. But it's I yeah. So it was marketed. I so I'm gonna I'm gonna give you a little backstory from my mother experience. I watched mm-hmm. a mother in 2017 at TIFF. It premiered oh, wow. at the so Toronto special. Film Festival. It, yeah, it, it premiered at the Toronto Film Festival. I don't know if it actually was at Venice before, but it was in it was at TIFF and it was like a hot film to watch. It was going to be released a few weeks later, like very, very close. But everyone wanted to see Mother and it was hard to actually get in. I went to some like 9 a.m. screening where Anurag Kashyap was in the line with me. Yeah, it was so weird. I like ran and I was too nervous and I like walked by him and I was too nervous to like say, I'm a big fan of your work, but I wish I had. Anyways, but yes, it was in a large theater and I went and saw Mother. At the time, Mother had been marketed as a horror film. And they actually, there was a lot of kind of this notion that it was a remake of Rosemary's Baby. Because there was some... because there was a movie poster that was... Yes, that was was reminiscent of that. And there was a lot of talk about it. So no one had any clue what Mother was about. Except that Darren Aronofsky, uh, Jennifer Lawrence, Javier Bardem, and like a bunch of side characters. But that was the gist of it. And there was... Yeah everyone felt there was going to be some touch of Rosemary's Baby. I don't think anyone thought this was going to be a direct horror, like, film. Oh, sorry, a direct adaption of Rosemary's Baby, because that didn't seem like Darren Aronofsky's thing. But it no. seemed like after Black Swan, he was going to attempt a horror film. Then okay. we watched it. And, and no one had a clue what the hell this movie was about. Because mm-hmm. you watch it, and you have ideas <clears throat> and you have kind of notions of what you think he's trying to say or what's happening, 
But this was long before he talked about what the movie was actually about. So everyone was just like, I think this is what it is. Maybe this is what we're talking about. What? Like, no one had any clue. It was com- People were completely in the dark. And then Darren Aronofsky went on to say what the interpretation of it was. But at the time of the viewing, it was very different. Like, you had ideas and you were like, maybe this, is, imagine, yeah. this is what it was. Maybe this is what it was. But there was no way of confirming your ideas about it. So I'm really actually interested to hear how you felt watching it this time. This is actually the third time I've seen this. How you felt watching it, knowing what you know, and what did you know going into it? So I did know that there was some sort of symbolism of religion, and I didn't know it was like the exact story of the Bible, (laughs) but I did know that there was religion involved. And I did know that essentially Jennifer Lawrence's character was supposed to be like Mother Earth or Mother Nature. That's what I knew going into it. That is way more watch, than anyone knew at the time. Than anyone premiere, else yeah. knew. Yeah. <laughs> That's the bad thing with, you know, press junkets and yeah. whatnot. You learn all this stuff that you're not supposed to know going into it. But I did know that. And so watching it, it was really easy to see that symbolism yeah. of Javier Bardem being God, Michelle Pfeiffer and Ed Harris are Adam and Eve, their sons are Cain and Abel, and watching that all play out. But I was still utterly fascinated about what was going to happen in this movie because okay i said at the beginning i'm hindu i'm not christian Mm -hmm. or catholic and so i don't know the stories of the bible and i don't quite understand it um but i was really intrigued about what was happening here and where this was all going to go Mm -hmm. what was it going to lead to because it's easy to understand that adam and eve story especially and it's easy to follow along but there's a point in it where you're just like, what is happening yeah. here? You get like, to a certain point where you're this? like, you throw up your hands and you're like, let's just watch this. Right? And like, what is... And like, the other thing I kept thinking while I was watching it is so much of this is so inconceivable. What does that say about religion? I think that's a dangerous place to go. It's a dangerous yeah, place like, to go. And only because I'm Hindu, I think... right? Like, there's a lot of lore there. I actually and don't... I don't even mean in your questioning of it. I think you're assigning too much importance to the film in that way. To say mm-hmm. that, like, okay. the chaos in the film, if it's if it's representative of the chaos in religion, then, like, what does that say about religion? But it's like... Yeah. This movie is really inconsistent, though. Okay, go, go on <laughs> those thoughts. I want to hear more about that. So I... I think this is a fascinating film. And the reason I say it's a movie to watch before the end of the world, you will never watch a movie like Mother. I have never no. seen anything like There's Mother. Nothing like There's this. nothing else like this. It is also mm-hmm. probably Jennifer Lawrence's best performance, and she will never get recognized for it either, which is really unfortunate because she's exceptional in this. She's very good. She's She proves that she's not just like a pretty blonde. A pretty face yeah. and a hot body. Yeah, like she really, yeah. really throws herself into this role. She earns her keep and, like, just so convincing. And when you think about what she's like in those press junkets yes. and when you see her yeah. on TV, she's just, like, the complete opposite, opposite of this. And, like, the funny thing that I always like to hear about is that she was so, like, moved by this and was so, like, affected that off on the side when they would, you know, yell cut, she would have to watch the Kardashians yeah. <laughs> in order to, like, alleviate yeah. some of the horror that she was going through. Yeah. And, like, that just says so much about her as a person, which I love. 
But no, she's fantastic. She's fantastic in this. But I realized before we talk about it, I think it's just important to go briefly into the like what's happening in the yeah. story. The movie essentially is about a husband and a wife. None of these people have names, by the way, in this movie. It's all just yeah. him and her and thems. So not a single name. It's, so it's about a woman and her husband, played woman mm-hmm. played by Jennifer Lawrence, her husband played by Javier Bardem. There's a significant age difference between them. Difference. He is, is this prolific writer who has had writer's block, and she is rebuilding their home in the middle of nowhere. And then eventually yeah. this couple shows up at their house unexpectedly, and things kind of start to go crazy. The couple is a him and a her who don't have names, and they're just kind of a little... They're a little strange on top of that. And then their sons show up and one son kills the other. And then eventually there's a um, funeral or a memorial service at the house that results in some damage being done to the house that uh, the woman has spent so much time making and she kicks them out. And her whole goal is to create this quote-unquote paradise Paradise. for (laughs) this couple that it keeps on being disrupted. And then she gets pregnant and as she's nearing her birth, things get out of control in their house. And like, I can't, actually can't even describe what happens after. So once once <laughs> she becomes pregnant, her writer husband is suddenly inspired yes, to write his go. next work. Yeah. His next work is published and he has all these admirers who keep coming to their home, wanting to see him, wanting to take pictures with him, wanting to get their book signed. Then they want to start taking things that are his, that belong to him and, and experience his life. And it just like this house gets overcrowded with people. I can't even. It starts to get like out of control and it starts to you. It's, it's actually quite hard to explain, but things start to exist in this house that just seem otherworldly and otherworldly in the sense that like, you know, it's not possible for this many people to be in this house and for things Mm -hmm. like for this to be happening. But you also realize that's not the point. So things escalate, they escalate. the, The child is born. The child is killed. And then the, <laughs> the and then okay. <laughs> I was so into this movie up until that point. Yeah, that's a hard scene. That's like I stopped watching it. I couldn't watch that. You stopped watching. I knew the movie? what was coming. I didn't stop watching the movie. I just like turned my head down slowly. <laughs> no, it's like I think it's okay to come up now. And I came back up, and it was okay to come back up. So eventually, the sun dies. And then the woman becomes enraged and essentially burns down their paradise. Mm -hmm. Burns it all down. (laughs) What? And that's it. What a ride. Thanks for listening, friends. Please like (laughs) (laughs) this. That's it. But I totally agree with you on that. Like, people need to see this. This is not everybody's cup of tea because there are hints to it being very... um, (sighs) Anti-religion. Anti-religion, but also just like, I don't want to say precious. What do you mean? What's the word I'm looking for I don't right know, now? actually. Pompous, but not pompous. Pretentious? Pretentious. It is Thank insanely you. I don't know pretentious. <laughs> I haven't, yeah. I worked, I was literally thinking about like, our, as I always do, I think about like, what, what do I want to say? What do I want to talk about? And I literally mm-hmm. spent half my day being like, I have this entire section I want to talk about with this movie. And okay. pretension. Pretension. It's very pretentious. Darren Aronofsky is trying to convey a message or convey a point, which gets really muddled, though. Really I muddled. 
I don't know what he's trying to say. I also don't know any like of his background. I didn't look it up of like what his background with religion is because I think that that would be kind of important yeah. to know. But it's just like where, what is the point of Mother, I guess, is my my hypothesis from watching this movie. Talk about pretentious, pretension with me. I feel like I've gone off because I think I was actually meant to talk about something else first. Oh, I was meant to sorry. talk about the, no, because I like this, I feel like this There's conversation is kind of like how this movie is. It's a lot and it just, it, jumps. it goes, jumps and goes everywhere all the time. I think I yeah. was talking about how I find the movie very unfocused and I find it like mm-hmm. very muddled full of things, but all of that kind of boils down to the pretension. I have a big issue with movies you need to research to understand. Yeah. I have a big like I problem literally, with that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because if somebody walked into this not knowing anything about religion, they're not going to understand this no. one bit. Like, not at all. But then also, like, I found myself afterwards, like, wanting to go on TimeDB and Wikipedia and, like, looking up, like, did I understand this correctly? Wanting or needing to? Needing to. <laughs> That's needing. the thing. Needing to. I can't tell needing you. To look things when up. I saw it in theater, I can't tell you how many people like were on their phones like, what, what, what is this? What happened? Did it remind you of like Magnolia? Can I just say in a weird way, Magnolia almost makes a little bit more sense. The frogs <laughs> don't make any sense. The frogs don't make sense, but everything else kind of does. But Mita, even if you can connect the dots about like Adam and Eve and like the Bible and all of that, and Jesus and Cain and Abel and all of like the religious context... I want you to explain to me right now what is uh-huh. the deal with the yellow drink that she's drinking. What is the, the context? <laughs> what is the context? I don't know. And I think there's like a biblical reference that I'm just not aware of, which is so like, why are you, why is that a focus point? Do you why know what I've read? It's actually not, a, it's not a, it's not a biblical oh. reference. It's a reference to some other short story, apparently. What? Darren Aronofsky, <laughs> pick- <laughs> Stay in one lane. It's, it's stay in one lane. And I <laughs> yeah. think that's what really gets to me about this film is that I feel like he's trying to put too many ideas in one movie. And on one hand, I have to applaud him for even attempting to make this thing. It is like nothing you've ever seen. It is a viewing experience. You will get an opinion out of it. Mm-hmm. Love it or hate it. You actually have to see this. Like it really, it is that kind of movie that like you need to see it and be like, I saw Mother and I effing hated it. <laughs> like you, I and think this is why. And this is why, and I think there's yeah. you will never see anything like this, and so for that, I really I do applaud him, but it's so full of itself. Why did they kill the baby? Well, the baby's Jesus. It's the son of oh. God, Mita. But when is he gonna be? He's that baby ain't getting resurrected. Well, I mean that. Well, that's <laughs> my point, right? Like, there's inconsistencies in like how you're how you're trying to convey your message and your very clear anti-religious stance or anti-christianity stance is like mm-hmm. it's it's a lot to stomach it feels like you're shoving it down my throat yes it does but then it, uh, well i was reading some people like they think that it's more about like the artist and the artist's ego <laughs> yeah i can kind of see that too i don't no, I think that that I do think he's trying to make a stance on religion. I just don't think he knows what his stance on religion is. Yeah, and that's why I want to know more about his actual background because I think he probably maybe grew up. This is my my psychoanalysis of Darren Aronofsky. Please give it to us. 
he probably grew up like in with it, a religious background and like went to church and whatnot. And then he probably had those like teenage years where he's like, I'm an atheist, but didn't actually know what the word atheist meant. And then as an adult, he started to see the benefits of religion, of having something to follow, having that guiding path, having a sense of community, if you will. But then as a creator or an artist himself is kind of torn between this idea of being a sheep and following a herd and doing something that you actually are are into yourself and setting yourself apart from others. That's my psychoanalysis. I mean, that's interesting. But I also do the woman in the beginning of the movie, because the movie starts off with Mm. like a woman burning to death. Did she not look like Rachel Weisz to you? (laughs) (laughs) That's interesting because she looks like a brunette. She doesn't look she like a blonde. She looked like Rachel yeah. to me. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. I, he got Rachel to come into one of his movies. I didn't know, like, how their relationship ended. Yeah, but well, she's with Daniel Craig now, so that's an upgrade. Yeah. But they have a child together. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. I don't know. I actually don't. But it's interesting because the whole idea is, is that it's cyclical. That Like, that's what he's trying to convey, right? That mm-hmm. God will... Like, I don't actually know what you're trying to convey because the idea that He'll just bring back Mother Earth every time. For what purpose? I don't know. Exactly. It's just going to keep repeating itself. Yeah. So then, like, what is he trying to? What is he trying to say with that? What is he saying? Yeah. Yeah. And I think that we as humans are disgusting. It's interesting because last time we talked about Jennifer's body and what Diablo Cody was trying to say, and I think people extracted a lot of meaning behind her film, and I think sometimes mm-hmm. that meaning was the view what the viewer wanted to assign to it. And yeah. what the viewer maybe even in some cases needed to assign to it. And maybe in some cases what Diablo wanted to assign to it. But at the end of the day, I think Diablo just wanted to make a, a solid horror movie. So that meaning is less important. Whereas in mm-hmm. this, you better tell me what you're trying to say. Because you're trying to say a lot. Like, I think it's really important that what you're trying to say is very clear. Because otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Like I, You're trying to say a lot and you're not making a good horror movie. <laughs> No. And I think, I think, I remember walking away from this being like, this was interesting and I would watch it again. I actually took my wife to see it like after because I was just like, you got to see this thing because it's just something. Wow, what a date night. Yeah. (laughs) And she was just kind (laughs) of like, what did we just watch? But at the end of the day, I was almost more disappointed that it wasn't better. It wasn't more scary because I was walking, I wanted to watch a Darren Aronofsky horror film. I love Black Swan. I think Black Swan is so good. Mm -hmm. And I wanted him to take that to the next degree right and to actually like scare you in the sense that a horror movie would i do think that this has elements of being scary though especially that third half of the movie where you know they're in it's the house has become like a house party i don't know if that's just me and my social anxieties coming through but i was like i would not want to be in that environment right now <laughs> like with the music thumping and just like hundreds of people surrounding you mm. tearing it apart like that actually i was scared watching that and watching jennifer lawrence like go through that i think one thing this movie really accomplishes <laughs> because she's pregnant but i think she's one pregnant. thing this movie does and again we talked about this last week with movies especially with like goodnight mommy is the idea that we've seen everything in horror and like we've mm-hmm. seen everything and we know everything and so when we're watching a horror movie we expect things to happen and that's largely because there are no stakes anymore in a horror movie like we know when you said in goodnight mommy for instance that 
you that twist that happens, the smaller twist where the you know the the good and evil kind of switch places didn't feel like yeah. a twist to you because you knew well there's twins in this movie they got to be doing something wrong. Twins are bad. Twins yeah. are bad. You were informed by the genre and, and not letting the movie like let let it do its thing. Mm-hmm. Mommy, sorry, not mommy, mother. <laughs> <laughs> mother <laughs> mother one of the good things behind it is is that the stakes in this feel real you don't know where this movie is going because it's so unpredictable so when a pregnant jennifer lawrence is roaming her like crazy house you're actually scared for her because you're like she or this baby could die and it feels vi- something yeah something could happen and, then, and then the baby at that does point die. again if you're telling the story of religion or the bible or you're telling that like we don't know how it ends because we are still living in this mm-hmm. society Essentially. So you don't know where this movie is going. I didn't like where this movie went. Like the end end? The end end. I just feel like you're not. It's what you said before. The message isn't being conveyed. There isn't like a strong ending point of what you're trying to tell me. It's just that it it is repeating itself. I have actually felt that the... The the line is not about religion. Like he's not trying to tell the story of the Bible. He's actually trying to talk about religion versus nature and the destruction of nature and like global warming and like all of that and i've always interpreted like when i kind of started to understand with the (laughs) (laughs) mita rolled her eyes and then like kind of like really but if you think so pretentious pretentious, but if you think about it what happens at the end when she like loses her cool is essentially global warming burning the world down and i think that's the (laughs) fair in terms of like my interpretation I think super pretentious and kind of dumb in terms of the movie. Dumb. Yeah. <laughs> kind of like college, like art film. Yeah, college art <laughs> yeah. film. That's what it starts to feel like because it starts to feel like you're so, you're so proud of your ideas and you're so proud of your work that you're like, what if Mother Nature? This is a best. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's like, that's what it feels like. When you're talking mm-hmm. about like humans and emotions and things like that, it doesn't feel fake. But when you're trying to be like, she represents the world and he represents religion. And it just, it sounds so ridiculous. So ridiculous. But but so good at the same yes, time. It's, it, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> like I'm mad at this movie, but I'm like not mad at it I sound like I hate too. this film, but I totally would watch this again. Because it's nothing you've ever watched yeah. before. As pretentious as the message is, like there isn't, nobody's presented it in this way, or at least... They haven't gotten this far in terms of like the mainstream media of presenting these types of ideas. And it's so rare to see something like this in Hollywood. Yeah. And this is yeah. the definition of unpredictable. You have no idea where this movie is going. And anytime the doorbell even rings in that house, you're like, who could it be? You're just yeah. as surprised as she <laughs> like, is. Could you just go away yeah. and leave her alone? <laughs> like, you're just as surprised as she is. You're just as concerned as she is. It really does. There's some great suspense in this film. Yeah. You don't know what you're doing. And even if you hate this film, you won't. A lot of people walked out of this when I, the most times I've seen it. Really? Lots of people. Like a lot of people. But I mean, it was nine in the morning. (laughs) But I also saw an evening show where a lot of people left and like, we're just like, not going to do this. Oh, really? People do that? And can I just say towards the end, I think one person, I think a couple walked out when the baby died. And I was just yeah. kind of like, well, what's the point now? You're, you've stuck around for, like, it. You might as you well, might as well just see what happens at the end. But you also don't know how long it's going to be because I will say that this feel this is and feels like a very long movie. Yeah, it does. It goes on for a while. It goes on for a while. And it just... So does the Bible, apparently. I don't <laughs> 
It's too long of a story for me, though, the Bible. Yeah. I haven't. I couldn't read it. Couldn't read it in one sitting. <laughs> so did you like this? <laughs> I did. I did actually yeah. really like this. And it's that idea of like, I've never seen anything like this before. Mm-hmm. And though I got lost with like what the point of it all was, it's really well made too. Like yeah. it's beautiful to watch. This house is like really interesting to me. I want to see. Did they shoot this at a real house or did they build it? Shot a set? in Montreal. Oh my yeah. god. <laughs> Canadian roots here. <laughs> there you go. Can I ask you something though? If yeah. you had seen this exact same movie with mm-hmm. nobodies, do you think it would have been as interesting? No. Yeah. <laughs> and, and and I mean that's part of the appeal though and that's part of his like he as a creator he's very good with his castings he's always really been on the ball with that but is that just because he's able to get them like he was able to get jennifer lawrence in this movie he was able to get javier bardem and michelle pfeiffer i mean he's worked his way into his career to that though i don't think he started off getting those names no what's his first movie his first movie was pie okay and then requiem yeah so he's always really worked with like a-listers how did that happen? I don't know. You have good movies and you have good scripts. And like, I get that. I appreciate that. But I, I always, I, I always like to think of that question. Like if Jane Nobody and Joe Schmo were playing, you know, him and her. I wouldn't be as interested. Yeah. You're interested because Jennifer Lawrence is doing these things and because Javier Bardem is doing these things. But they're also the top of the, they're, they're like, the top they're of the, the top. top of their game. Yeah. They're doing like Michelle Pfeiffer in this. Is so good. She's so good. Michelle Pfeiffer, She's Ed so Harris, Kristen Wiig has like six seconds of dialogue in it. Like there's, you don't even know why great. she's in it. But it's yeah. just like random things like that. Like, I don't know. I, I, I really like oscillate with this movie because I'm fascinated by it and I'm like arrested by it and I want to watch it again. And it gives me that same feeling of wanting to watch more movies after. Mm-hmm. But I don't like it. <laughs> I find it. You don't like the movie? Like that's your stance? I don't know if that's my stance. It makes me a little viscerally angry, though. Like, certain things about this really piss me off. And I Mm, think it's more... I can see that. (laughs) I think it's more Darren Aronofsky pisses me off than, like, the movie itself. What about him pisses you off? I think the audacity to make a movie like this, which is a thing I actually really admire about the movie, but something I really like. I think the gall to think that you can give a movie and not have to explain yourself... Or, like, he, have your movie make sense in the confines of the film. Mm-hmm. That has always Does he really not, though, explain me. himself later on, though? Like, he, he has in interviews and he's explained what he thinks it's about. But you should not have to do that. Do that? It should just speak for itself. A movie should... It's a piece, you can watch, piece. You can watch Black Swan and you yes. can see what Black Swan is about. Black Swan is clearly about art and the pursuit of excellence and art and like that obsession that like takes over. It's very easy yeah. to see that's what that's about. And it's a little silly. Black Swan is cerebral. Like it isn't like a simple, simplistic film. And like there's some mm-hmm. weird lesbian undertones that you got to like, like chip away at. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying that. Way around, yeah. yeah. And I'm not saying that every movie should be obvious, but I am saying that I shouldn't have to crack open a book to be like, Okay, this is this is what he's referring to. So this means this and like that that's not it. I should be able to interpret in my mind. I shouldn't need to do homework if that makes sense. Do we not get it though because we didn't grow up with those those things? Like I wonder if somebody who we should get a third person in on this who's read the Bible front to back 
and see what they think. But I think the Bible references and the Bible story is actually only half of it. And I think there are oh. like there are references to like the first the first time the people leave the house, there's like a flood that wipes out humanity before mm-hmm. Jesus is born. Like yeah. that happens in the Bible and then Jesus is born and then there's like there, there's like a bunch of things that happen. And I think I think the issue that I also have is like you're trying to cram so much into this film because he's also talking about war crimes and famine and sex trafficking and like there's mm. so much you're trying. Oh my god, I forgot about all that. <laughs> <laughs> he's trying to talk about like the bad in the world and what's become of it and like I have an issue with the fact that he's trying to say that God made all these bad things. Like I'm not. I believe in God. And why do we worship God? Yeah, like I'm a practicing Muslim. Yeah. I will be honest about that. And I'm, but I'm not like a fanatic and I can see, like, I can, I can see both sides of it. But when you're trying to force feed me, God is the worst. It's like, come on, man. Like, let's, let's not be so like obvious about it either. Cause this mm-hmm. is, it's so weird. Cause this is equally parts a pretentious movie that requires research and also something so obvious. It's boring. Is he saying God is the worst or is he saying religion in general? Is Isn't worst. he trying to ascribe it to Javier Bardem's character, though? He's essentially saying... I think it's the idea that people have the need, for whatever reason, to subscribe to this one holier, you know, this one notion of, like, something that's greater than them. And so when they have that in their life, they'll do anything for it. They will bombard it. They will want to take things from it that, you know, they want to be able to experience on their own. And the idea that, like, people seek that. And then there is obviously if there is that admiration and that, you know, people coming towards you and wanting to flaunt themselves to to you, you're going to take advantage of that. It's hard not to. And that's fair. And I respect that. But then how does sex trafficking have anything to do with that? Like, oh, what God. are you trying to say with that? <laughs> you're tr- what, how are, why are you creating a brothel in a bedroom and trying to say that somehow this man's book resulted in this happening? Like what is That's fair. what is the connection? Are you just trying to say that there's so much bad in the world? Are you talking about the creative process? This is again, I come back to like what I said in Jennifer's body is like you can't take something halfway. And I think the thing about Jennifer's body was Diablo Cody wasn't trying to do that. I think people assigned that to it about mm-hmm. Jennifer's body being about sexual assault. This he was Darren Aronofsky was trying to do it. And I feel like you did it halfway and then you tried to shove more into it and it just, it fell apart. It feels like it needs some editing. I, yeah. (laughs) (laughs) There you go. That's all that it is. That's all that it is. Meet the fix, guys. guys. I need some editing. Just like someone needed to once over that script. I'm kind of curious. Do you have any sequel prequel ideas? No. (laughs) Because yeah, like what are you going to do? Because I, because the way this ends and the way this starts, yeah. it tells you from the beginning, is that it just repeats itself over and over. And so, uh, no, I don't really have any. <laughs> Although I kind of, I want to see more of that Kristen Wiig character. Yeah, and like, sure. <laughs> what's her deal? Because like, who is she in the Bible? I don't, I don't know. She's uh, the Herald, I think. What is that? There's a char- There's a character. I don't mean to say a character. There's someone in the Bible called the herald mm-hmm. and their job is to like announce things oh, okay i think so i, um, I actually don't know no, i don't have any prequel sequel <laughs> idea <laughs> which is really rare for me because usually my mind will go off into a million other places but i think just because this is so unorganized and so 
rushed too in a way i i didn't really have the time to process what else i would like to see oh you know i would love to see more michelle pfeiffer always always i really love michelle pfeiffer she's good in this also like yeah. was eve meant to be bitchy like i didn't realize that was like that a thing i guess so yeah, like what are she you trying to say she took that apple <laughs> she stomped all over that house and said this is my land now is that what it was she raised to uh, huh? isn't that slightly misogynistic then as well like you're saying that the first what? woman according to the bible was a big well, ed harris did it too was a big c-u-n-t <laughs> So was Ed Harris. He wasn't, though. He was not the same way that she was. Not the same way she was presented. I mean, Darren Aronofsky has some issues. I think we can all agree on that. He has some things to work out, and it comes across in his his stories. Yeah. I'm going to give my rating. Okay. But wait, we didn't even talk about how Jennifer Lawrence and Darren Aronofsky started dating on the set of this movie. What is going through your mind that you would think, like, Look at this director. He's creating this chaos and this terrible character that I am. I am so in love with him. I'm a little worried about There's her. There's a little bit of a God complex there too, right? That like he's definitely like, and I think directors in general have that because you are literally creating a world and like creating things. And a lot of people say that like actors fall in love with their directors because of that like relationship. And she, see, she was young and susceptible and... He was older and in a position to sleep around. Don't keep. And she was the hot it girl. Why wouldn't she want to sleep with Jennifer Lawrence? She's having a baby. (laughs) Good for J-Law. But yeah, no, no sequel prequel ideas for me. So I think we should just like go into ratings. And I'm so thankful that you have to go first. (laughs) (laughs) So guys, clearly I don't have much to say about this film. (laughs) nothing nothing at all this clearly but like jokes aside this clearly actually like incites a lot of emotion in me and it always Mm -hmm. has i hadn't seen it i saw it in 2017 uh twice because i saw it at tiff and then i took my wife to see it shortly after and i didn't see it again so i was actually really excited to watch it this time yeah and it felt like i remembered things as they were coming and you don't forget this movie like you know exactly where it's going especially if you've seen it before because it's it's very memorable so despite mm-hmm. me feeling so much about Darren Aronofsky and the film and how pretentious he and it is, I still have to recommend it. I still have to say, you actually really do have to watch this. And mm-hmm. you will form an opinion and you will feel things and you will you will feel strongly about them and you will be confused and angry and maybe sad and maybe scared. And like, you will feel. This is why this medium of communication exists is to be able to say things like this and to be able to like, this is really the best use of movie magic and star power. I'm insanely impressed that it was able to get made. And I, I make that comment that like, would you watch this without Jennifer Lawrence in it? It wouldn't have gotten made if Jennifer Lawrence wasn't in it. So this is also a prime example of star power being used to the, like the, the correct like value of it like she used her star power to get something that wouldn't have been made onto the screen and present you art that is something that is worthy of your discussion and worthy of your time you may hate it you may like it but it is it is going to elicit some type of response in you and that is what good art does Mm -hmm. you don't have to like the good art though and you can find the flaws in the good art and that is i think a prime example of this This is an expertly made film from a man who is in complete control of his craft, 
who this could not have been made by a lot of people. Darren Aronofsky really is one of the only people I think who could have made this. Do I love it? No. Is it flawed? Yes. Is it worth your time? Yes. So I'm going to settle on three stars for this. Three stars from Nadim. I think to play off of your words of it being art, I think that main thing to keep into mind is that art is subjective Mm -hmm. and so what i see what you see what someone else see it's always going to be different i so i really wanted to see this like i've had this on my list for a long time um but it's always been really difficult to find but it was on netflix for like a little while before but then i got scared to watch it because i was like oh what if i don't like this because i want went into this like wanting to like it Mm -hmm. so much and I think it, at the beginning of this episode, we talked about like freaky and happy death day and yeah. these like ideas of art that we already know or things we already know and putting this like new sort of spin and twist. And essentially he does that with this. Like people know the Bible, people know his story and it's an entirely different way of looking at it um, between this man and this husband and his wife and how she is treated too. We didn't even touch on that of like, yeah, you know their like relationship and her dependency on him and exactly his negligence and, like, of her battered wife syndrome in a way. But yeah, he doesn't hit of. her. No, <laughs> and she's but you know she's like super the emotional needy abuse. And, like I don't even know if it's emotional abuse. She's just needy. He gaslights her a lot. Does he? Yeah, he does. Anyways, <laughs> where there's there's a lot. I can't remember, but at one point I was like, "Why are you doing that to her?" But I don't remember now. <laughs> Uh, let me watch it again. Because what I will say is I will watch this again. <laughs> and that's interesting. I just want to say, like, I'll let you get back to it. It's interesting that you're yeah. calling it gaslighting. Because I think when you watch it again, you realize and you can, like, have, you're informed of, like, what's happening, kind of. You're like, I don't mm-hmm. think he's gaslighting her. I think it's just, like, I, I think it's almost like they're, di- they're v- different He's blissfully view. unaware he's com- of he's what He's completely he's unaware of her, her. And she's completely yeah. unaware of him. She's needy and dependent on him, but she doesn't see the bigger picture. And he is not m- he's a- ignorant together. of her completely. They're just not... Maybe this is a story about marriage. Maybe then. it is a story about marriage. And that's what I really like about this movie is that it is subjective. Mm-hmm. And you can take it into any kind of way that you want. You could hate this because let me tell you something. I got to the ending of this and I was totally on board. I was like, oh, like this is really interesting. It's just such a new concept. I've never seen anything like this before. These are such great performances. And then it gets to the scene with the baby. <laughs> and I was like, okay, no, bye. Like, <laughs> I'm done. I'm out of here. I can't bear to watch that. I understand why those people left that theater when you saw it. And I have to at least appreciate the fact that I got got to that point really appreciating Mm -hmm. this movie and what he's presenting and what he's bringing forward because it's not like anything you've ever seen before. And I really want to stress the point. It's not like anything you're going to see in Hollywood ever again, again. probably. Nobody is going to – nobody has made Mother and nobody will ever make Mother again. And There's no like remake of Mother coming out in like 10 years. No, or at least if they try, it's it's like Psycho. So it would be like, you know, um, why am I blanking on his name right now? Gus Van Sant. director. Gus Van Sant, yeah. remaking Psycho. There's no need no. For, for that, sir. It's unnecessary. it's unnecessary. And I think we all learned our lesson from that. Mm-hmm. So nobody's going to remake Mother. It will forever be a Darren Aronofsky film. And I appreciate that. I think that's so rare to mm-hmm. come by. I think... 
in Hollywood, especially all these movies that are coming out, people are thinking like, oh, like reimagining it. What would that be like 20 years from now? How can we, you know, resurface this? And that's gross and repetitive. And who wants that? And so I really appreciate what he does in this film. And so I'm going to give it three and a half stars. I'll meet the... Yeah, a little plus there. It would have been four. It would have been four. That baby, though. (laughs) But that baby had to die if it's about the Bible. But it needs to be resurrected, like not dying in a way that, you know, that baby's not coming back unless somebody barfs. Like, it's not. Yeah, that was a lot. It's not coming back. That was a lot. Did you watch them eating the baby, too? No, I put my head down. (laughs) Yeah, it's a lot. (sighs) So, three and a half for mother. Yeah. Oh, can I just also say, uh, this also pisses me off. The exclamation point at the end of mother of the title is apparently Mm -hmm. the spirit of the film. That's his explanation. And I'm just like, get the F out of here. Still, like, who talks like that? Just call it. Why is the M lowercase? Because him is capital. And that's, (laughs) that's apparently your big clue that Mother is lowercase, like all of the names are lowercase except Javier Bardem. His uh-huh. him is is uppercase. So God. God. There you go. It's just a lot. But like nothing you will ever watch. Ever. It, it's an experience. Yeah. You will not see. Yeah. Don't you will never be like Mother was kind of like No. No. It's like nothing. Well, I mean, it's the Bible on crack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of the Bible on crack. Yeah. There you um, go. But yeah, Mita, that was movie three, and I'm glad we watched it. Movie three of spooky season. Yes, but now we're moving on yeah, to the... not of like life. I think this is our 76. Is it? Wow. I think so. Who's there? Yeah, because 25 was Jennifer's body. So this is 76. Yeah. Wow. We're yeah. almost at 100. Oh my gosh. What are we going to do when we get to that? Wait, isn't 100 going to be our... Or like season finale. season finale. But then we have the, the DeVito Awards. I know. Yeah. It's complicated. Let's not so worry exciting. about that right now, Mitha, because I think it's time to play. Different characters. Same, same world. I have the honor of choosing the last film of Spooky Season. I'm very excited about this. <clears throat> so, Nadim, I have, I'm pulling it up. Hold on. Give me a second. I have so many notes on this phone. Okay. I have um, three actors for you. Okay. They're all actors. This is something that you should be able to get. Okay. And so I will be surprised if you don't. Okay. Um, It's relatively easy. You might get stuck on one of the names, but okay. who knows? I am pulling out my timer. Mm-hmm. And the names are... Minnie Jackson, mm-hmm. Gaston, mm-hmm. and Lavana Faye Golden. Okay. And your timer starts now. Am I watching Ma? Yeah! <laughs> <laughs> Have you been waiting I've been, for it? I, I, up until today, I was kind of thinking, I was like, I wonder what the movie's going to be. And I was like, wait, it's Ma. <laughs> I, just, I just, I was like, that's what it's going to be. We went from Mother... Because I was trying to think of two things. I was trying to think of what Octavia Spencer's name in Ma was. And then I was trying to think of the actress who's in Ma and then also in Booksmart, what her character in Booksmart was. But I couldn't remember it. And I didn't look it up. I wasn't going to cheat because I was like, if that's it, let me try to get it organically. 
She is in Ma and she is in Booksmart. Yeah. You are correct. I don't remember her name though. But uh, Minnie Jackson is Octavia Spencer in The Help. Oh, yeah. Gaston yeah, is Luke Evans in Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. And who's Lavana? Oh my gosh, I can't believe you're not getting this. Lavana Faye Golden. I don't know. Think of like a, a bird on my shoulder. Oh, is uh, she's in this? Yeah. Oh, I didn't realize. She's in every Tate Taylor movie. They're like best friends. So oh. She's in every, yeah. <laughs> it's Allison Jenny, Janey. That's, I was just like, I know who it is. Why can't her name come to me? But yeah, I didn't realize she was in this. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Because I knew her name was Lavana, but I was just like, wait, but she's... Anyways, I didn't think she was in this, but here she she's is. She's Lavana Faye Lavana Golden. Golden. <laughs> there we go. But yeah, we're watching Ma. We're watching Mita Ma. Mita prevented so me from watching this last year. Yes, I did. And I'm glad that we saved it. Because it's an experience that you deserve to experience with me. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> we watched yeah. Goodbye, Goodnight Mommy, Mother, and Ma. And Jennifer's body. Know, but she doesn't really And where do babies come from? The body. <laughs> moms mom's bodies. mom's bodies there we go there we go that's what i was getting at yeah all right so okay. wow, that, that's gonna be a ride mita <laughs> yep it really will it could it could be bumpy it could be smooth i don't know we'll find out yep but until then do you have any parting words for us i do i'll just get started on the apocalypse she literally did she did that's <laughs> the whole point but should the should our words be baby <laughs> Should it be? Okay, I'll do it. Baby? There you go. <laughs> we'll see. We'll pick I one. I hate when people <laughs> We'll pick one, and then that's the title. That'll be the official title of the episode, even though we've said both of them. But okay. Baby just seems very, very apropos. It does. You know? Fair. That poor baby. Yeah. Physical baby. Too. Yeah. Thank you so much for listening, friends. Please like, subscribe, share, and... Rate and review. And we will see you next week for the final movie of Spooky Season, Ma. Ma. Have a lovely week. Bye. Bye. Thanks for listening to Movies to Watch Before the End of the World, sponsored by No One. You can follow us on Instagram at Movies to Watch Pod, on Twitter at Movies the Number Two Watch Pod, on the TikTok at Movies to Watch Pod, or send us an email at Movies to Watch Pod at gmail.com. As always, keep your pants on and don't forget to smell the Kevin Bacon. It ended when I lost your love. I wake up in the morning and I wonder why everything is the same as it was.